It's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. That's an old nursery rhyme you know, that kids like to use now and again for when it is raining. And in fact, just as I'm speaking, the rain is starting here in the park where I am in the middle of rugby. Now, the reason why I'm bringing that up and talking about it today is that climatologists viewing the UK weather are saying that our summers are going to get a lot hotter and our winters will be less wintry and we'll get a lot more heavy rain and so on and flooding and things like that such as what's happening in North Yorkshire on uh, this particular day in 2019 which is the uh, 31st of July and yesterday they had something like a month's rain in four hours or something along those lines. There's a lot of flooding and a lot of outlying villages are kind of cut off, bridges have collapsed, trees have been ripped up and things like that. So it put me in mind of the old biblical deluge because people are calling it like deluge type of weather. But is that actually true? Is that actually possible? Is that story that we have in Genesis about the flood actually true or was it a metaphorical uh, sort of anecdote or metaphorical story with a, a moral twist as so many of the the bible stories i feel are and some scientists started to uh, look into this well a couple of particular scientists i've uh, forgotten their names so it doesn't really matter but they, they started to look at it from the, in the 1970s and they felt that that deluge was possible but wasn't worldwide it was more of a, a local thing and possibly the idea of it the story of it got passed on because it was such a catastrophic thing that happened at the time it got passed on to other peoples and so on and then eventually it got written down as something to be worldwide and my personal view was, or is still, that I've never really believed that the flood was a worldwide event, that it was more localised. And I was thinking more along the lines of a tsunami or, or something like that, which is also possible. So anyway, these guys took it upon themselves to do some investigating. They're oceanographers, they're, they are also climatologists, and they, they were into great detail, great research into where could this possibly have happened and they decided upon, first of all they thought it might be the Mediterranean but when they investigated they found that yes the Mediterranean sea level had depleted and then uh, was filled up again and they were looking actually for a place that had dried out and, and then kind of uh, flooded but at a really rapid rate, not just over millions of years or thousands of years but almost at once which could have caused a cataclysmic event but when they looked at the Mediterranean Sea yes that did happen or quite possibly happened but it was some five million years ago so it was well outside the time frame so they looked at other areas where it could have could have happened and they settled upon the Black Sea because that's fed by the phosphorus not the phosphorus <laughs> Bophorus River which runs past Turkey and so on and, and goes in 
to the the, uh, the, the the Black Sea. And it's the only source that the Black Sea has. So they started to investigate as to whether anything catastrophic could have happened. Was there any major flooding event? And they found one. Yeah, that uh, there was a period of time when the Black Sea was really, really low. And all of a sudden, it became something like 150, 160,000 square kilometres bigger. So they investigated further and eventually they got, in the 90s, because of the Cold War, War that was going on earlier on, they couldn't do the investigations and so one Americans weren't very popular in Russia at the time. So they eventually managed to do some research and an on-site investigation in the 90s, the early 90s. And it turned out that they found sand dunes, they found riverbeds and so on, which indicated that something cataclysmic had happened, that, you know, at one time the Black Sea was a lot uh, shallower, it was, it was a lot smaller than, than it is today, and that these sand dunes, if they had been gradually flooded, would have been worn away. But it must have been a real massive rush of water. So they did some more research. They, they wanted to find out, first of all, when could this have happened? Does it fit the time period? And they eventually they, they, they took soil samples and from the soil samples they got some shells and they're able to carbon date those shells to 7,500 years ago. And that is right smack in the correct time frame for the, uh, the, the, the flood talked about and recorded in Genesis. So then they went further and said, well, you know, were there any people living around there? And they found that, you know, the, around 5,000 years ago, you, you had modern anatomical humans, as we're called today, starting to do, spread out into North European uh, areas and bringing farming and so on with them. So there were indeed people around at that time. Now, and as far as, say, 5,000 years, it goes beyond that, probably even up to 10,000 years. So there were people around in the area at that time. However, the other question was, well, would they have been affected by, the flood, by, the, by a massive flood? You know, would, you know, would lives have been lost? Would they have been overwhelmed? So further research, again, found some evidence that... Uh, you know, they appeared to be on, on the, on the uh, floor of, of the Black Sea, some evidence of some artefacts and so on, and, and wood chips and, and things like that, which, you know, or pieces of wood, which could have indicated a civilization living there on the coast of what was, used to be the smaller Black Sea. But further investigation showed that those uh, artifacts and things, or the, the, the wood and that that he found was, was only a few hundred years old, so they ruled that out. Then, I think it was in the 2000s, other researchers found the, that there was a huge necropolis, which is a huge cemetery in Varna. And Varna's in Bulgaria, and that's also on the edge of the Black Sea. 
It's like the, one of the southern edges. And what is specific or surprising or amazing about this necropolis was that these, these were burials, full skeletal burials, buried with all their goods. And a lot of that was gold and something, I think it was six kilo, kilograms of gold bracelets and uh, other artefacts square rectangles and squares and, and things like that but what was surprising about this gold was the intricate work workmanship is, is classed as you know probably the oldest European gold uh, what do you call it gold artifacts but you know the workings gold workings done by humans in especially in Europe and another th- surprising thing was that the, the squares, the rectangles and circles and things were such mathematically precise. They, they, they equated to pi, which is, you know, circumference and in, in the inner circumference of circles. And then the, the Pythagoras theorem about triangles and things like that. So it could only have been done by an ancient civilization as in a civilization, but peoples who had ancient knowledge of metal working, of working with gold and silver and bronzes and things like that. And this, these findings at Varna were the, the dates of like uh, 4,000 to 4,200 years ago. So it's shortly after the recorded time for the flood. So these guys got together with the ones who had found that, you know, and looked into the reports and things like that as well. And they then came to the conclusion, well, these must be peoples who used to live on the original coast of the Black Sea, but then because of what was happening, you know, I had to move because the, the flood at that time, when the, the flood did take place, it was something like, 10 Niagara Falls, equivalent to 10 Niagara Falls. And the, the noise and rumble, the, the earth shaking would have been heard hundreds of kilometers away. So it would have been absolutely massive. And it would have happened very quickly. So people would have had to get out of that area. You know, as I said, you know, it, it went increase in size to some 150, 160,000 kilometers, square kilometers. So they had to get out of the area pretty damn quick. So they concluded that the ark that's talked about in uh, uh, the Bible, in, in Genesis, may have been pockets of people, like families, tribes or whatever, moving away from that area with all their precious goods, with their animals, with, with their uh, bits and pieces that they would normally have, with their families, and settling down in other areas. Then they had to decide, well, if that's the case, is the Black Sea the right place? Because the flood in Genesis apparently took place close to Eden, the Garden of Eden. You know, more or less in that region where Adam and Eve would have settled down, you know, as the story goes, once they were expelled from the Garden of Eden and created the families and so on and so on. So they looked at that and they looked at one of the rivers 
in particular that's mentioned is uh, Pishon and this says that it flowed the Bible says it flows through an area that was abundant in gold and this kind of concluded for them well could could the Black Sea also have been the area where the Garden of Eden is or was located now this is all pure theory this is all pure theory nothing's been found as yet they haven't done any other further archaeology underwater in the uh, Black Sea area that's still to take place and their theory obviously is still a theory but it does give you pause for thought you know you can just imagine how sensational that would be if their theory was proved and the biblical location of the Garden of Eden was found the story of the flood was proved but not perhaps in the way that the Bible tells it but it does show that something cataclysmic flood wise happened there around that same period of time which could have created then the myth of the flood if you like because it's gone worldwide yeah and for me <laughs> I tend to favor it you know favor the story that there, there is a very strong possibility that it could be but obviously nothing is conclusive now what has that got to do with punk living because this is the punk living journal podcast talking about or raising awareness of living in a more peaceful unified nurturing and cooperative way actually not a lot in that sense except it gives us a bit of history possible history of how how we used to live how we used to perhaps live together in a more unified and peaceful way I've been Jerry Sadler this has just been a little bit of an explanation or an exploration I should say into something a little bit different this time that I wanted to talk about because I have a strong interest in biblical themes as in Bible archaeology and things like that coming true and I just find it fascinating and I thought perhaps you might find it interesting as well so I hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to speaking to you again one day very shortly and very soon <laughs>